Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome back to Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call, 10 Stocks. Picked by you, we've got two experts. We've got one hour to go through all of them, and it's going to be my absolute privilege to host this fascinating discussion. My name's Andrew Page, and it's Monday, the 14th of December. Well, let's meet our guests today. We've got David Novak from Wealthwise Education. David, good to see you. Great to see you too. Thanks, Andrew. And we've also got Francesco Destratus from Audmanet. Francesco. Andrew. I think it's the How first time we've done the show together, James. I think it is, yes, yeah. It is. Oh, I've been on with David many a time, but you, Andrew, first time. Yeah, I'm, I'm the X Factor in today's show. We'll, <laughs> we'll see how we go. Um, uh, as always, we have our stock of the day. So this is one that I've picked this morning before the, uh, the viewer questions, before we get to those. And I figured we might talk a bit about Altium. This is one of those tech stocks that has just gone ballistic in recent years. Today, it's making news because Altium has agreed to sell its tasking business for as much as 100 million US dollars. That's to European equity firm FSN Capital. Bit of an interesting history, this one, gents. They purchased this business themselves back in 2001 for about 76 million Australian dollars. So they've roughly doubled their money in that time. And I had a quick look this, um, this morning as well. Tasking has grown its revenues at about 20% compound over the last five years, which is a very impressive uh, rate indeed, uh, making about $20 million in revenue in total. The market hasn't reacted too much. Shares only up about a quarter of a percent. David, I'll start with you. Does this really change anything too much, do you think, for uh, Altium? Not really. It's a small segment of their business. It's actually a non-core segment of their business. So. You know, divesting this is not going to have much of an impact. I mean, US hundred million with price tag, and uh, which is about one hundred forty nine Aussie. Um, so that brings a bit of cash in, but uh, on a value, you know, this is a four point seven billion dollar business. So I don't think it's um, yeah, it's it's immaterial really, um, and the markets reflected that in the share price today. Although you know, if you look at that trend, you know, even if you go back further to two thousand seventeen, I mean, this has been on a tear from ten dollars up to a high. Uh, $40, you can see back there, um, you know, just before the um, COVID hit. And, uh, but, you know, look, it's a great business. Um, you know, they've got um, global market presence um, in software, hardware development. Uh, you know, the earnings, look, the only question for me in, at the moment is the pricing, you know, the valuation. Up here, it's on a price to earnings multiple of 115 times. Uh, even going forward, I'm looking at the forward forecast here. You know, you're looking at even two years out, I'm looking at a forecast of 56 times. So it's not cheap, you know. Um, so for that reason alone, I wouldn't be rushing to buy the stock. I'd wait for a pullback. Um, the earnings have been steady, but they did have, you know, 46% drop in earnings from the previous year. So it, it's really priced for perfection up here. So like many other stocks out there. So I was going to say, isn't that the theme for tech stocks at the sure moment? Sure is. Yeah. So, you know, um, it, it's for those in it, hold, but not a buy for me right now. Francesco, what do you reckon? 
Yeah, look, I agree with David. Our, our, our analyst has got a whole recommendation on it. Um, they did uh, downgrade their um, guidance in June. So it will come under a reality check at some stage, like all the other tech stocks, but probably not as much because it's a bit more of a, a, a mature business for them. So, uh, look, good good transaction from the announcement today, but yeah, we're still on a hold on the stock. I guess what makes them a little bit different from a lot of the more speculative tech stocks is a, is a real business. They actually make money. Making money, yeah. <laughs> They're making money. Always helps, doesn't it? Well, I, I, you know, they, they pay a dividend yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that dividend has grown like 10x yeah. over the last eight years or yeah. so. Uh, I know that whenever you look at their um, their presentations, they've got they've got all of these decks where every single chart is bottom left to top right. Yeah, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, so you can understand the the yeah. very lofty uh, uh, price yeah. tag that the market has has put on it because they have they have. This isn't just a short-term story of a good story with a few techie buzzwords thrown in. This no. is this is a financial powerhouse. But yeah. even then, at some point, financial reality, yeah. I guess, is the point you guys. And that are that, that sort of again. alludes to my comment that it, you know it's a bit more mature than a lot of the tech businesses out there. But as Dave mentioned, trading on fairly heady PEs. I mean, you know, we got it sort of around fifty times going at two years. You want yeah. to see some significant growth to justify those sort of levels, uh, you know, they're delivering some of that. One more thing before we go, I have to play devil's advocate. This is what, I'll put my own hand up here because I've said (laughs) the exact same thing. Everyone has said this for years and years and years and years and years, right? And it's been wrong. Because because the price has only gone up. We, yeah. we could have said back in 2017, oh, great business, but too expensive. Yeah. 2018, same, 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 same. And we say the same what? about CSL. You know, we, CSL right, trades right. on 40 times, but it, it does. Look, uh, in this sector, you know, some of these new, new, new types of um, businesses, I won't call them new types of technology, because the technology, I mean, you look at a business like Afterpay hasn't made a profit, you know, probably not likely to for another three years. Is, is it a new business? Is it a new technology? No, they're just using online to to lend money to people right. in a different way. Yeah. Um, so it's nothing new. Um, it's just you know, how how um, much growth is in it, and and to trade on around six hundred times, I'd suggest that it's probably not that much growth in it. Right. I, I mean, well, you know, we're in, in, living in a new paradigm, if you like. You know, with a new zero normal, in, dare we say? A new normal. <laughs> I mean, you know, zero interest rates, free money. It's just yeah. valuations are skyrocketing. Uh, I, you know, especially when you look at the U.S. market. Um, so, you know, we're, we are in the biggest bull market I've ever seen in my 35 plus years. Mm. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, right now, you know, investors, retirees, especially desperate for return, you know, can't be afford to sit, leave their money sitting in the bank. So you've got to be careful as, you know, where you selectively invest in this type of market at the moment. It's a bit of that TINA phenomenon, another one of these acronyms that we love. You know, there is no alternative, you know. Everyone acknowledges this, but what else do you do? That's it. So as you said before, David, it's not something you'd buy now because of valuation concerns, but you wouldn't be selling if you you held any. Yeah, exactly, because otherwise, where do you go, you know, unless you've got a better alternative. There are better alternatives, I can see, but, um, or different alternatives. Right. You know, Uh, but yeah, look, that's the environment we're in right now. Let's let's shift gears a, a, a bit here. We'll get into the stocks that our that our viewers have written in about. Paul's done exactly that. He's asking about Blackmores. Now, this you guys will remember if you go back a few years was was all about China, uh, was all about tapping into this massive market. Shares were what above two hundred bucks each at one point in time, and well, let's fast forward through to today. They're, they've been sub one hundred for some time now. Now at around eighty two dollars. 
is there, it, was this a case of the market being too optimistic a few years ago um, or uh, are things, and things just coming back to normal or is, is, is this actually a, a bargain, are we in bargain territory now? Francesco, I'll start with you first. Well, I wouldn't say we're in bargain territory. And I think you know, the, that $200 was about five years ago where you, know, you had all these companies that were moving into China. All they had to do was make an announcement we're moving into China and the share price would you know, go up significantly, yeah. whether it be 20% or double. Um, and Blackmore's was no different. Um, the, the, look, the analysts were forecasting significant growth in earnings around that time, so probably justified some of that. Um, those forecasts have all come back a bit now. Mm. Um, and even where it is at the moment, I think it's traded on around the high 30s, low 40 times PE. So, look, it's it's still a good business and it's well managed. Um, and you know, you know, we have a high a whole recommendation on the stock because of the multiple that it's trading on. And 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 you know, it 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 is a business that uh, we see growth in, but probably not as gr- much growth as. Um, the, the, the multiple warrants. Um, but as David mentioned earlier, you know, where do you put your money? And that's what's pushing a lot of these PEs mm. above where they would normally be. Um, looking at the, the revenue from China, um, the revenue coming out of China for them is only around about 7.5%. So it's not uh, overly significant. Although if we see China um, spread their, you know, uh, relentless, um, you know, impartiality on us even further and say we're going to put tariffs on you know drugs and you know vitamin pills and so on uh, that'll have an impact upon um, um, Blackmores but you know their, their, their earnings from local you know um, sales is still very good as well so uh, and, and you know other parts of the world also you know it's not just China you know they do sell a lot of product in other parts of Asia and um, you know Christian Holgate, who's been paid for some negative things with Australia Post, did a very good job at Blackmores prior to that, um, and and that that was expanding into Asia on a gradual basis, not mm. going into it in a in a big way in a hurry, just gradually moving there. So I think the impact upon China, the negativity may have a very limited impact, but you know, at 17.5%, I wouldn't be overly concerned, but still trading on high PE, so we still have a hold on it. Do, do you know um, uh, how much the Daigo trade is important to these guys, given what's happened with, with I uh, don't student know. immigration yeah. and the rest of it? I don't know that, yeah. but I think they have a fairly good distribution channel outside of that Without Daigo. That, yep. yeah. Okay. I don't know for a Yeah, I'm not sure too. Yeah, yeah. sorry, question without notice there. David, no, that's okay. <laughs> what, 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 do you, what do you reckon with, uh, with Blackmores? Uh, what, I'll lead, I'll, here's a leading question for mm. you. Yeah. What's the difference between their vitamin C, to pick one of their many, many products, and someone else's? Is this all about brand? Or is it, it, this is, maybe I'm being a bit unfair here. Is this not a commodity product? Or, or if it's not, why is it not a commodity product? Um, oh gosh, that's a loaded question. So um, it is a very. Sorry, look, I don't use Blackmore's products, so I'm certainly not an expert to comment on that. You okay. know, whether it's better or you know, obviously they've got a strong brand, right? And they had a you know got an international brand as well. Except you know the interesting, most of their markets are outside of China, you know, in the Southeast Asia market. Yep. And um, you know, but the, if I just look, like they've got a new CEO that's come in as well. And I think the uh, executive chairman's retiring from the board this year as well. But it's interesting, they've, they've really diversified out now. I was just looking at their, um, 
their growth, their five consumer growth pillars. And the core one is their um, digestive health, you know, immunity system type of you know, vitamins, etc. Mini muscle, joint muscle circulation products. So they're also into infant health, sleep, um, cognition, stress and anxiety, mental well-being, and pet supplements they're getting into. So they've got five major consumer growth pillars. Pet supplements, you say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, that's a huge market. I've got a friend who's got a pet business. He's uh, had it for plus 20 years. He's had the best year ever in 20 years. Wow. Just can't meet Goodness. demand at the moment. But they've had a really growth internationally. Their business has grown quite strongly from 2016, from you know, 61 million revenue to 139. So yeah. their international business is growing. Um, the only thing is, you know, they're, they're They've, they've actually had a, you know, their profit was down 60%. On valuation, there's nine brokers out there. They've got an average mean price target of $69. It's trading at $82.66 right now. The intrinsic value based on their earnings, you know, there's, they've suspended uh, any dividends as well. You're talking about a uh, intrinsic value of $46. So look, it's a bit pricey. Mm. Um, it is going sideways, as you can see on the chart. But this, when it was on a tear, I mean, this back in 2014, um, Blackmore's was $21. By the end of, or the, uh, the top and peak in 2016, it was 200. Yeah. So it's come back from 200 to a low of about, you know, $69, and now it's trading at 8266. So, look, I would wait and see the earnings turn around yeah. before, you know, um, I would be rushing in to buy Blackmore's. Interesting factoid for you gentlemen. Do you know what they call alternate medicine once it's been scientifically proven? No. Medicine. Medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, Whitehaven Coal is, uh, is, has caught Matt's attention. Matt's written in asking about that. The ASX ticker code there is WHC. David, I'll, I'll stick with you for this one. What, what, let's, start, let's start broadly. What do we think of coal in general? Well, it's had a, I haven't seen the coal price lately, but it's, um, it, it was had a big correction I, I, I don't know what where metallurgical coal or or um, uh, what's the other type of coal that thermal thermal yep. coal so I don't know where the price are but from what I can see just on their earnings must have been a sharp downturn because their earnings growth was down 95% on the previous year so um, you know uh, I'd wait to, uh, I haven't got a chart on the don't know if anybody's got a chart on the coal price but I'd, you want to see a turnaround in the coal price before you start investing in white haven i mean look there's there's um a median price target of dollar 89 out there by about 13 brokers um but look just looking at the numbers here i kind of get excited there's a, a you know small yield of about one percent and um you know they've got some broad markets here but um look there seems still seems to be quite good demand um and they've got this um you know for thermal coal especially but just looking at their numbers, like I said, their their underlying earnings went from a a billion a billion and forty one million down to three hundred six million, hmm. and earnings from five hundred sixty five million to thirty million in the last twelve months. So, you know, and their debt went up from one hundred sixty one million to seven hundred eighty seven million. So the debt's gone up dramatically. Uh, not for my money. I, I would definitely want to see a turnaround in the price of coal before I'd be investing in. Um, 
Whitehaven? Well, I did a quick Google, and for the the, the screen, the chart that you can see on the screen, you can reasonably overlay the the coal price onto that there, which oh, is yeah. probably not a great surprise to you. Which is which is why you've alluded to that, Francesco. Is that not a underlying warning sign for investors here? Is this a company that is purely at the mercy of what happens with coal prices? We know there's big structural shifts underway. We know there's regulatory, environmental issues all at play. How do, you, how do you approach a business like this? Well, look, that, that little tail at the end there over the last couple of weeks, I think is probably a bit more opportunistic trading than, than any fundamental change in the business. Um, our analyst has got a lighten on the stock. Um, look a a lighten, sorry. Lighten recommendation yep. on the stock where um, looking across the market, there's a fair bit of positivity. Uh, which surprised me. Um, so that means that either a lot of the analysts out there are, are predicting that the coal price might have seen a floor at the bottom, uh, if you like. There has been a, you know, a bit of a rally in the coal price there back, oh, it was a couple of weeks back now, and that was probably a bit of the, the uptick there as well. But you've got to remember there's some, some import quotas that are, the Chinese are um, you know, I- imposing upon uh, coal. Uh, you hear stories mm. of ships sitting off the coast of China that, that you know they're not unloading. So I, I think it's more of a um, disruption to um, you know the logistics of of it. Um, and you've got to remember, China does have their own coal supply as well. So um, look, I think that's just a, a short-term trade. That little uptick, um, we'll probably see a bit of profit taking out of it at the moment. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see it back down close to a dollar. For those that like it, might pick it up a bit cheaper, but um, there's there's opportunities elsewhere in the marketplace that so you don't need to be there. The last the last time you got a chance at a dollar was the GFC, um, and it's it's still there, not far <laughs> off it after all of these years. It's yeah. just, you know, but you know, I mean, I'm in a host capacity today, it's, it's but I'll put my neck out well. and say no, not on yeah. your money, Francesco. No, no, not with my money anyway. Yeah. But um, look, the traders out there, if they'd have bought it. Back, you know, say five years ago, they're looking at that chart and sold it two and a half years ago. Yeah, quite happy. Hey, look, if you can you know? buy them, then, then happy days. Time the market. But that's sometimes. the problem with that is that's true of any, you know, like pick a random financial security and say, well, if I'd only timed it, it, I would have, well. Yeah, but if you yeah. sold CSL at $2.50, you know. Right, right. So <laughs> Selling CSL at $2.50, $60 even, you know, yeah. you're looking at. Oh, uh, we've got a lot of ifs out there, maybe. Yeah, yeah, should maybe, maybe yeah. buts, could have, should have. But you know, with, with commodities, though, they're cyclical. So the share yeah. price the, 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 the share price is driven by earnings, which is driven by the underlying price of the commodity. Uh, those commodities, you know, tend to be cyclical rather than, you know, the share the price of the underlying commodity go up in a, in a, a you know, unlimited trajectory yeah. not when yeah. there's a load of it around them yeah we're transitioning course. to alternate sources so. yeah, yeah anyway uh, do not editorialize Andrew let's go to <laughs> number three uh, which uh, Luke has written in he's interested in Viva energy the uh, ticker there is VEA Francesco I'm gonna stick with you here we've, we've had no's across the board so far can we get a yes out of you got a yes yes got an accumulate recommendation okay. on this really? uh, okay. yeah we we, uh, we like this business um, I mean, it's service stations, really. You know, um, it's, um, you know, I, th- I think, you know, fairly solid income, fairly sound sort of driven income. Um, you know, there was an announcement today where the government's going to provide some uh, uh, refinery production payments uh, to main, maintain re- refining in Australia. So, um, you yeah, know, that, that supports uh, our, our, our recommendation on, on that. 
Um, mm-hmm. Our recommend, our, our, yeah, it, it trades on a multiple. It's a probably a little bit higher, but again, um, where the market is at the moment, everything's trading on slightly higher than it would normally trade, and that's because you know the alternatives are you know going in the bond markets you know, is where you're going to get nothing. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah look, I, I, we like the business, and you know, I really don't have a great deal more to add. I don't, I don't have a lot of clients that are invested in it, but but. Yeah, it relies upon the sale of fuel. Which is not going anywhere in Europe. Well, you know, COVID always, you know, we saw a slowdown in driving, but I don't know if you've been on the roads, but there's a lot more people out on the roads and there's less people using public transport um, because, you know, they're probably more wary of being on public transport as opposed to being in their own vehicle. So, you know, traffic numbers, to me, seem like they're picking up. Back, they're not normal, but getting back there. Okay, so these are these are pure service stations. They, they're not. They don't do aviation refining or anything. Like yeah, they, they, none of that. No, they actually do. Oh, do they? Oh, they okay. Do. Oh, well, that, that should be another boost. Yeah, David, do you think? Or well, from the announcement today, yeah. the government's giving them a payment for the next six months, starting on January the first, of okay. one cent a, a litre, which it contributes thirteen million dollars to their underlying earnings before interest, tax, and depreciation. So um, that's a nice little boost for the company. Why, why is the government doing that? I guess because of their um, because of their refinery operations. You know, they 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 want to keep ticking over, and particularly with the jet fuel, with um, the demand for jet fuel, obviously I see. being so de- so low. Well, they want to keep it's refining a, in Australia as well. That's right. It's, it's in lost the, a lot of refining capacity here in yeah, Australia. Over the years. Yeah. And and they're um, you know one of Australia's leading energy refiners. You know, they they supply you know uh, liquid fuel. Um, to as as Francesca said, 1,290 service stations around Australia. So um, and you know they've got that uh, ge- um, st- strategically located Geelong refinery mm-hmm. in Victoria, obviously. So that's um, the government's offering, giving some support there. About nine brokers cover this stock, and it's interesting. You know, you, you, the return on equity hasn't been great, which are obvious reasons with the lack of demand. Um, the PEs. You know, it's fairly up there, not like other stocks, 25 times. Good thing is the yield, actually. The dividend yield is reasonable right now, 3.1% um, fully franked, which is 4.4% growth stuff. So for that reason alone, but the earnings growth needs to obviously turn around, and as you'd expect, demand. So look, this could be a recovery story. I can understand um, the accumulate recommendation from um, Francesco here. So look, I wouldn't be adverse to this. It is turning back up t- Again, so I would probably say the same thing, especially in a low interest rate environment with a dividend yield of grossed up 4.4%. Um, yep, look, I can I could go along with that and with the broker's recommendation. With this, also they've got a medium price target on the stock of two dollars fifty-seven. Okay. So bit of upside. Yeah, it's about twenty percent more upside from here. So for that reason alone, I would go with uh, the call on that one. Well, there you go, Luke. We've got uh, two thumbs up from our two expert guests today. So that is a double tick for Viva Energy, V-E-A. David, I'm going to stick with you. We're going to talk MACA. The code there is MLD. Tina's written in. Uh, What should she do with MACA? MACA. Well, I haven't, I don't know much about this one, but MACA, they made an announcement today that they're, well, they're in the um, mining services, aren't they? Mining services, yep. Um, and they're, they're in a trading halt actually today, uh, uh, pending this announcement, they're doing an acquisition, a capital raise and acquisition. Um, I think they're buying, um, I read somewhere that they're, uh, they, that 
they're, they're buying, uh, what is it, uh, one of the, um, I forget the name of it, it'll come to me in a moment. But look, just looking at the numbers here, again, a pretty good yield here, 4.3% fully franked. Look, return on equity, this is not a growth story, um, although they just won a contract of 74 million. They've got a market cap valuation of 311 million, which is pretty good for a small business. But look, the trend is positive here. Um, I don't mind this one on yield and being in the mining services sector. Downer, that's where they're buying their, their, Down, okay, right. their, their, yep. their speculation and they confirm the speculation. So this is probably why the stock's been suspended at the moment. Um, they're acquiring um, a business at Downer's Mining West Division. So that would probably bump up their earnings uh, growth going forward, especially in WA. So look, I, I would rate this as a buy down here. We've got a buy from uh, David. Or not, yeah. Francesco, um, yeah, look, we don't, we don't have coverage. Okay. Um, and it's one that sort of slips under the radar, I suppose, because um, well, with David, I haven't really had a close look at it. But uh, They were all the rage back in the mining boom, weren't they? The yeah, mining the mining services, services yeah. Um, and and they, yeah, some of them do slip under the radar. To me, it looks interesting. So yeah. I'm not going to say I'd be out buying it, but I, I, I want to have a deeper look at it. And you know, looking through it this morning gave me a bit more incentive to have deep, you know, further looks at it. it the cash generation is very good to me. Um, you know, to, so I've only had a look at it over the last two years, uh, but that looks pretty good to me. Dividend yield, as David mentioned, is pretty good. Um, and, and, and you know, dividend yield's been fairly um, steady over the last four years, which is a good indication for me. Um, the earnings per shares are trading around you know, the mid-teens for, for a PE, um, but it dro did drop in 2020. Um, the earnings per share, which you know, quite I had a, a yeah, had dropped quite a bit, but there was some impairment charges. So again, mm. I'd need to have a deeper look into what that was. But um, look, I, you know, looking at the businesses that are in, you know, contract mining and crushing, civil construction and infrastructure, um, and mineral processing. Look, you know, iron ore prices nearly uh, just under 160 a ton. Mm. Uh, volumes on all, pretty much all the commodities are, are pretty high. These guys, you know, make money out of volume. Um, you've got to secure contracts, but you know, uh, again, having a deeper look into it would would give you a better understanding of, you know, what sort of contracts they have and how long they are. Um, and how secure they are. But to me, it, it's a very interesting um, mm -hmm. company that you know, I think is worth worth me having a bit uh, further uh, look. Uh, okay. Especially with this acquisition. We'll wait till we get the yeah, details yeah. of the yeah. acquisition. Yeah, so the acquisition looks... Um, and, you know, they're raising money at a you know, share price. I don't know if it's all-time high, but it's pretty high. Um, oh, it's, do it's definitely not an all-time high. Yeah. No. Um, so, you know, raising money at at a high price is good for it's the company. It's always nice, yeah. yeah low low cost of capital. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, can't, you can't fault companies well, that, for doing that. And that's the other positive. See, it's broken above that previous uh, high you can see back there in 2019. Oh, yeah. So that's positive uh, as well on the trend, mm. on the technicals. So yeah, th there's a few ticks on this one for me. Okay. Well, let's hope they can because it has been a rocky road. I know one of these, like so many, they did so wonderfully well in the mining boom, but then when the volume... Francesca, you mentioned the volumes are being so important. When the volumes went away, yeah, whew, a lot of fixed costs to sort of cover there, and margins get squeezed. So, so hopefully this is a better part of the cycle for them. Tina, I hope that's been helpful to you. Uh, Francesco, Link Administration ASX code there is LNK. Uh, mm. We've had Alec write into us and ask for a bit of a what's up with uh, with Link. What do you reckon? Well, 
It's currently under takeover, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, we we got a hold on it, um, and if you oh, that's it, right. we you right. hold it. Yep. Um, it's closed. Yes, uh, Friday at five sixty-two. I don't know where it is today. Um, it's it is a conditional bid, um, um, and that one of the conditions is that the acquirer, um, it, you know, needs to get debt financing. Uh, they still. Um, well, they haven't secured that yet. No. Okay. Okay. Um, and. I'm pretty sure management are going to reject the bid um, until after they they're going to allow them to do some due diligence on that. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to squeeze a bit more out of it, um, and they possibly could. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of, of once a, once a takeover offer's been made of chasing more, um, unless you have a really good knowledge of the, a very competitive market. I don't think there's going to be too much in competing bids. If there are, there's not much more in it anyway. So. Yeah. Even if I owned it, I'd probably be considering throwing it in the market at the takeover price and moving on because it could be three, six months before you get your money. There's a bird in the hand argument there, isn't there? Yeah, pay your brokerage, get rid of it. Maybe if there's like a big franking component as part yeah, of the payout. Um, I mean, you know, yeah. tax, maybe. Oh, but I 100% it's agree. I'm pretty sure it's a cash bid. So, yeah, so let's, no. let's look at this. So Link, the latest update from the 10th is they're talking about the SS&C <clears> proposal is at $5.65. The market is currently pricing them at five sixty four. <laughs> so, you know, there's not even an arbitrage play no. here right no. so no. Uh, no, is, no. is it just because the market is, is is thinking that actually there's going to be a higher bid or oh look or, so, uh, sometimes you're larger investors that can do you know you, you know some of your prop traders and things like that, they can make a couple of cents on it right they, 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 they'll Good make a bit of money yeah yeah. yeah yeah and they got they got the cash flows to be you know maintaining you know sit on it for a couple of months um but uh you know if i'm a retail investor yeah i'm happy with that and move yeah. on and it's yeah, not a growth yeah. business. This is not a growth no, business. No. I mean, you know, it's very, I mean, their earnings, uh, return on equities can be going down. Earnings have been going down. PE is going up. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's fully valued here. Take the money and run. Yeah. It, it's a real simple one in my book. Do you, think, do you think management or the board might be sort of saying no because from a, this <laughs> It's going to be being cynical here, but like you accept, you, you kind of lose your job, don't you? Is, is there, am I being <laughs> oh, too no, cynical? Oh, no, not always. No, 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 not always. But they, they probably see that there's probably a little bit more value in it and understand that the bidder may not have full knowledge of what's available. That's why they're saying they, they want them to do some due diligence yeah. to, to realise that the, there may be some more value there for them. Um, I don't know that. Yeah, yeah. I can only go on our analysts. Our analysts have been on a hole in this stock for quite some time. So I, I don't see any reason to change, particularly when there's a takeover bid. But again, it's, you know, do I own the stock? If I own the stock, what do I do? You know, do I hang in there and wait for the couple of cents more that I'm gonna get, potentially, because these guys can still walk away because it's, 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 you know, it's a conditional thing. Um, but if they do, the price surely goes back goes down back. to, yeah. It goes yeah. back to where it was. And sometimes I've seen, I've seen stocks go back below where they were yes, trading. Yes, yes. They know that someone's actually had a close look at it and gone, hey, no good enough. No um, so yeah, it's a it's one of those ones. You know, no, I wouldn't be buying it and chasing it. That's for sure. Uh, I hope that's helped, Alec. I, I think the guy's making a, 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 a huge amount of sense on that one. So let's uh, we are halfway through the show. Let's do a quick uh, run through of where we are at. Altium was the stock of the day. Uh, that was. I think both gents like the business, but just uh, too expensive. Mm. Uh, in terms of the stocks that, that our viewers have written in, Blackmore's, that was uh, a no from David, uh, uh, a hold from Francesco. Uh, potential there, but again, some concerns over the price. 
Whitehaven Coal, that was a no from both gentlemen as well. Uh, look, this is all about the coal price. And until, uh, unless you've got a very strong conviction that that, that coal price is going to improve, um, uh, it's probably something to avoid. And even then, as Francesco was saying, it's probably more of a trade than, than any kind of long-term investment. When we got to Viva Energy though, this, this was different. This is one that we got two thumbs up on here. Uh, uh, a lot of service stations here likely to benefit from the recovery as everyone jumps back in their cars uh, post COVID and the economy starts to tick up. We're also uh, seeing that the, the yield is pretty respectable uh, according to the guys as well. So we did get that one over the line and that means we add it to our core portfolio, which I'll update you on in just a moment. Uh, when it came to Maca, uh, MLD, the code there, this is a uh, engineering services company servicing the, the material space. Uh, we got a yes from David. David liked that one there. Mm. They are in a trading halt at this point in time as they uh, run the ruler over or they, they seek to make a bid for Downer. Um, uh, uh, Francesco, absolutely acknowledge is that it's interesting but hasn't done the due diligence himself so for that it's it's not going to get a tick and then we got to link administration which is trading just one cent below its current takeover offer and uh, as you've just heard there it's probably you know not much upside and potentially a large amount of downside if that doesn't go through so hopefully that helps you for the first five stocks there guys um, uh, as I mentioned we got we have our own portfolio. We've been tracking it since July 1. Regular viewers of the show will know that it had an absolutely stellar performance. How does it work? Well, if two of our experts agree that it's a buy, if we get two thumbs up, that gets added to the portfolio. Uh, and as you can see here, uh, weekly we are down a little bit, but under the more meaningful timeframes, financial year to date. So coming up to the six month mark, that has been an absolutely Fantastic incredible performance. So. I guess, I guess we, we can all share in some of that credit there, guys, <laughs> at least at least for the good ones, right? And we can, yeah. we can blame all the other guests for the ones that didn't go so well. Exactly. Uh, but that is, that is a, a phenomenal return. Uh, what stocks have we been adding? Well, recently CSL got the nod, Newix, Envirosuite, I was hosting a show last week when that got the tick. Hum Group used to be Flexi Group, that is in NAOS uh, Emerging Opportunities Funds. Uh, however, it's uh, it's not all additions. We did get some taken out. Somnomed uh, and Infratel uh, were not liked by the experts of the day. So if you want to dive deeper into the portfolio, what's being added, how it's performing, all of that kind of stuff, you'll see an address there at the bottom of the screen, osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. I'd really encourage you to take a look and uh, if you are after any trading ideas, and they are just ideas, they are not recommendations, I think you could do a lot worse than checking out that portfolio. Okay, half an hour to go. Let's dive into the second half of the show. And uh, uh, David, I'm gonna start with you this time. John has written in, he's asked about, I haven't heard of these guys, Dusk Group, mm. DSK is the code. Yeah. Uh, do you know what they do? Well, I, they've only just recently listed IPA on the 2nd of November. Oh, they, really they, new? They were, they're very, very new. new. Okay. And they're an Australian specialty retail of home fragrance products, you know, offering a range <laughs> of Dusk branded premium quality products competitive prices to physical stores online. When you say home fragrance, you mean fragrances? Candles and candles. Oh, incense. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, okay. Um, you know they're, they're, and also leading Australian omni-channel specialty retail focused on home fragrance okay. products, you know, which, um, yeah. 
So, uh, but I'm uh, guessing that, that you're, not, you're, not a, you're not a buyer uh, of the product, Francesco, based on that reaction. Hey, uh, I'll leave this at the table. People do. People do buy. Hey, it surprised me when I looked. I leave it at the table. They've got one of their pro- ultrasonic uh, diffusers. Yeah. You, you haven't Ooh. got any other one at one of those? I, I, well, if, if I do, if, my if wife you smell my house, you probably would argue I need Or read diffusers and essential oils, you know, fragrance related homewares, etc. Okay. You know. Um, they raised $70 million Whoa. at yeah. uh, $2 a share. Yeah. That's trading below that, um, yeah. ish, that, that um, issue price. It's a dollar eighty-five or that dollar eighty-six. There, there you go. Um, which you know, at that price, I mean, with the uh, as a market cap capitalization is about one hundred twenty odd million mm-hmm. um, for a candle or stick maker. That's right, but the, you know they've had some good sales. October uh, had a good jump, and um, I believe about eleven percent by the looks of it, okay. in comparative. Um, but look, it's early days, you know, um, until we get more, you know, trading history of the company, um, and yeah. So look, I, I, to me, I, I mean, look at the moment, it's trading below the IPO price, so I, I wouldn't be rushing to buy this one. I just give it some time. You know, a lot of I dig into that a little bit because a lot of people say that on the show is it hasn't had enough water under the bridge. It's only recently listed, and I'm, this is more devil's advocate than anything else. But mm. they do issue a prospectus. There's years mm. of history that's in there. Why don't Why don't investors? Or you, maybe you can't answer for everyone, David. But why don't Why don't you put much stock in in those numbers? Well, I haven't looked at the prospectus. I'm okay. only going off what I can. You know, this is like new to me as well. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But you know, look, the growth has been there. The sales growth. I, I don't know what the earnings have been historically, so I can't make an informed judgment about that. Fair enough. Again, question without notice. But I thought it's always yeah. always interesting to dig into to some of the rationale there. So that's a note from David I, Francesco based I, on your reaction. Yeah. But, but just to follow on from that, you know, last week there was two IPOs in the U.S. As you know, one was yeah. called Door um, DoorDash. DoorDash. Yep. Which uh, raised three point three billion dollars at one hundred and two. Closed up the first day up 86% at 77 billion valuation with n- no, never made a profit in its yeah. history. So, you know, the, and then you had Airbnb also 85 billion value. That's right. Yeah. That's crazy numbers, you know. I yeah. mean, you're talking on dust, they've got competitors with Uber Eats and Grubhub. I mean, you know, it's double the valuation of Lululemon, Ford Motor Company. You know, Heinz Group. The barriers mean, to entry and that sort of stuff is very low. It's just right. you know, crazy. It's, I mean, anyone can set up a, you know, a online delivery service somehow. Well, so I'll, 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 play, I'll play devil's advocate again. Though that is that is definitely true. But then it's this network effect, isn't it? It's like I've, everyone's oh, yeah. using me, yeah, and no, so no, it's no, like 100%. switching platforms is hard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. No, to, no, you're to right. Hundred percent. I mean, I look at Afterpay, and and you know, first mover advantage is is great. Right. And that gives them leverage on sort of when they're signing up clients, as in the retailer, mm. um, they can say, well, we got a million members where our competitors only got 100,000 members. Right. So right. that gives them a bit of strength when they go into negotiations. But we're talking about dusk. Yes. And yes, I was a little cynical I, I did initially. Pick that up. I did pick that up. <laughs> I was a little, but hey, it, it sort of surprised me. I mean, when you break it down, it, it's it's retail, right? Yeah, you know, ultimately it's retail. There's super tough area. Yeah, uh, too super tough area. Yeah. But you know, hey, you mentioned your apartment or your house is um, a bit on the woofy side. <laughs> uh, a lot of I'm guarantee you, a lot of people working from home is probably, uh, probably houses, the same. Ha- houses yeah. on the woofy side, yeah. and maybe sales are, are pretty good. <laughs> um, 
personally would never have walked into a store, but um, I looked at um, the operating cash flow out of the prospectus, and it surprisingly is very impressive. Okay. Yeah, so I'm not going to put a recommendation on right. it, I'm, I'm in the same camp as David, too early um, to get a track record. Um, but looking at they've got a lot of stores, which again surprised me. Um, but I think I passed one in the Met Centre coming, walking from, from uh, um, yeah, George Street across oh, yeah, here yes, today. Yeah. I think I passed one. Okay. So, so they're there. I just yeah. don't you know, appreciate them maybe. Um, so so it, it, look, it's a retailer. I I'd, I'd, you know, struggle with any real growth in it. Um, but um, yeah, it, it, yeah, if it can pay a decent dividend and and you know, maybe it could grow a little bit, you know, it doesn't matter really what you're investing in. Um, it's, it's a good thing, but you know, to me, I'm, I'm still on the cynical side rather than, you yeah. know, geez, this is a good investment. I, and I, look, you know, share price, it's only fallen, you know, probably 7.5%. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot worse in the last six months, so, you know, it's not that bad. Um, and maybe, you know, if someone does a bit of work on it and have a, have a look at the earnings and expectations, uh, of their earnings because the cash flow blew me away how, how strong it was. Yeah. I guess that's the other way to look at it, right? If nothing has changed and if you like the business after reading the prospectus, you've mm. now got an opportunity to buy it 10% cheaper than everyone else who got in on of the course. float. Yeah. Uh, so, so maybe. So we've, we've, yeah. you know, Well, you get a lot of people that that will invest in an IPO just to sell it day one because they think the they, might, yeah. they might get 20 because it, it is speculative. When you invest in an IPO, you, you're speculating a bit more than you would if you got something that's got a good track record. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's move uh, along. Uh, Francesca, I'm going to stay with you. We're going to talk shopping centres now. Speaking of retail, Adrian has asked about Centre Group, uh, SSG. SCG, I should say, uh, for those playing along at home. Uh, wow. Well, these guys have, have obviously been in the in the in the front line of, of what happened with with COVID. Um, it's come back a bit, but is is there still opportunity? Do you reckon? No, I, I, I well, I, I don't think so. Our, our guys got a hold on it. I probably would be a little bit more pessimistic than the analyst actually. Um, it's the old Westfield, but it's all the all all of the Australian Westfield stores. Um, I, I, you know, if I'm looking at retail, you know, you know, retail's done well through this COVID period. I'd be looking at more the the, the suburban retail centres. So your 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 cornerstone Woolies or Coles, and maybe twenty retail small retailers, maybe a mid-sized one as well. They tend to be a little bit more stable than what's going on at Westfields. Uh, despite some of the retailers doing well through COVID, some of them have done very, very poorly. Uh, and you only got to walk around and talk to some of the retailers and say, well, how's it all going? Mm. The real small ones, they're really, really struggling. They are hurting. The big yeah. ones, like your JB Hi-Fi's, and that, they're doing well. Yeah. Um, so, so then it comes down to, well, are they paying their rent? Yeah. Well, if you're the landlord, hence Standard Group and the Westfield store, and they're not paying their rent, you know, then what happens when this moratorium's over and all that sort of stuff. So I, I think there's a lot of unknowns, too many unknowns for me to be invested in Centre Group, whereas I like some other things like you know, Shopping Centres Australia, which to me would be a little bit more defensive in that property property space. Okay. David, uh, Centre Group's gone sideways between 2016 and 2020, mm. then had a huge drop-off. Yeah. Can you make an argument at least on the yield front, 6% yield at this point? Well, yeah, for that reason only, that's about it. Uh, so if you did have it, you'd hold it for that reason. But really, uh, yeah, it's not a growth story, it's just a yield story. And uh, they seem to, now the things are opening up again, 
you know, you expect some improvement and possibly improvement in that yield because it was before that the COVID uh, yielding around eight percent, unfranked mm-hmm. of course as a REIT. So uh, for that, uh, only for that reason, brokers out there, there's a you know price target low of a dollar ninety three. What are we pro- we're looking at? Two dollars seventy seven. A high of three dollars fifty four. Nine brokers, average mean price two dollars fifty eight. So it's just the mean price is slightly below where it's trading by nine brokers. Okay. So that's and it's mostly a hold out there. Yeah. Okay. So it's not not going to set the world on fire. But a lot of those large format um, retail stores like your Westfields really starting to change their their the way they operate and what what they stand for um and probably starting to more focus on entertainment rather than retail um so there's a bit of a transition i'd rather not be invested in while, while the transition's happening that is and that could go for a, year, a number of years yeah. rather than yeah. you know it's a six month change yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a transition plus, period yeah, yeah yeah of course yeah. That's fascinating. We don't have time to get into it, but I would, no, no. I would love to pick your brains on that, actually. Let's talk about um, Francesco Intelligent Investor Equity Growth Fund. This is an ETF, and uh, this is an ETF by one of our good friends here at the show, Gaurav Sodi. Gaurav, yeah, yes. So, you know, smart guy. Uh, we like Gaurav. So, how, what are we going to Well, we, we, won't, we won't have a recommendation on a fund. Okay. So, um, but I, what, what I'll sort of say, it's an active fund. So, if you're going to invest in a, um, a managed fund of Aussie equities, then you probably want someone that's trying to outperform the underlying market. Yep. Okay, yep. So, so I think that sort of ticks a box. Um, therefore, you rely upon the fund managers and their, and their ability to pick stocks. Um, knowing Gaurav, Gaurav's pretty good. I've good been, track record, I've been, as I understand I've, it. Yeah. I've, you know, I've been on programs with him in the past and you know, he seems to have very good intimate knowledge of the companies that he covers. Mm. Um, so, so that's only one of the, one of the you know, personnel there, um, there are others. Right, we shouldn't put it all on his shouldn't shoulders. Shouldn't all put it on his course, shoulders. Yeah. Um, you know, it's only just listed in October. Um, so it really doesn't have that track record. So if someone wanted to invest in it, I'd go and look at something else that they've managed for a period of time to yep. see what that track record is like. Um, so it's difficult for me to say, yeah, I like it or don't like it. Like Gaurav, lovely bloke, and he, I think he's got a very good, um, um, you know, insights into you know his coverage yep. um and and the broader market too for that matter um but again it's an active fund and you're relying upon the underlying managers within that yep. um and, yep. and 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 the other thing with with those sort of funds active funds is you need to keep an eye on, on personnel movements as well because you might invest in a fund because you know you know so and so actually is one of the managers um, and if they move and you don't know about it, you know, things can change. Very so, much so. So yes. it's important to monitor any movements as well. Yeah. Um, Francesco making some pretty good points there, David. What do you reckon? Um, well, um, yeah, look, I, again, uh, this is, um, sorry, I'm just getting back to, I was just looking at something else here a moment ago. Sorry if we were boring but, you. But, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but look, I don't have a, you know, again, um, you know, it, the, well, they started off only a month or so ago. So what a time to start when you had the best November since uh, January 87 in performance. So it's pretty hard. If you're a fund manager, you'd have to stuff it up, you know. I mean, so he's got that behind it and that, that 11% growth in, in the last month. So the top five holdings... We've got some good stocks here. Frontier Digital, 
Uh, Star Entertainment Group, RPM Global, oh, yeah. Pinnacle Investment Management Group, yep. and Ordinate. Um, and then they've got a asset allocation, 10% in cash. They've got a diversification, about 30% mostly in IT. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they're pretty heavily weighted in that sector. Uh, consumer discretionary, 20%, financials, 13 industrials, about 11%, energy, only 4, 4.5%, real estate, 29 and utilities, too. So you can see it's really at the consumer discretionary and the information technology is 50% of the fund. Mm. I don't know how big the fund is. So they're going for growth? Uh, yeah, so they're going, they're going for oh, growth. Oh, what's the market cap? Have you got that? I, I haven't got, I don't know what, uh, how, how big the fund is. Okay. Um, I'd expect it probably be not that, not that big by. Well, look, I might, don't know what we, they raised. So. We, we might move it along just just for time. Uh, so so sure, Sakina sure. asked that asked that question, and, and I hope that's given you some some good insight there, Sakina. Um, so apologies, guys. It's it's my moderation but skills again that have done that. So I have to move us along. <laughs> uh, 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 Jackstar JXT will uh, will uh, ask the question on that. David, just quickly, what do you reckon about these guys? Oh well, look, you wouldn't buying on the earnings. The earnings have never made any money. Okay. Uh, this is a micro cap. You know, it's only. 24 million valuation. Um, they're in the, they're the world's largest, I've never heard this before, public facing and most connected music credits database. Okay. Um, and technology. Um, so they've got some big partners out there. However, if you look at the, um, you know, what they say here is if you want to find something, you Google it. If you want anything in music, you jackster. Oh, okay. That's sort of like the well, analogy there. Um, look, they don't have a lot of cash. They, they, they burn, like I said, they're not making any money. Their cash burn per quarter is like around 500, 600,000 they're burning. Uh, their staff costs are quite high. Their, in, their membership increased to over 73,000 members from 42,000 in June. So that's been a good growth. That's strong. Yep. Quite strong. Uh, they've only got $3 million in the bank. Mm. So at some point you'd expect there may be a capital raising. Uh, not for my money. Okay. It's, yeah. Uh, uh, Francesco? Too, too small for us mm-hmm. as well. Um, I, I, I was of the impression Music Credits Database um, also includes the, the management and, or monitoring of the royalties part of the business okay. as well. Yep. I don't know, but yep. I, that was my understanding. And first thing that came to mind was Bob Dylan sold all That's these right. re- recording rights for 400 million the other day. I thought, geez, there must be some money in, <laughs> in that. Um, particularly because wow. I don't, you know, if I'm listening to the radio, I don't hear much of Bob Dylan these days. Someone's listening to it. That's right. Um, yeah, look, I'm with David. I, I won't go into too much detail, but, you know, I, I, if it does monitor royalties, I, I'd have to have a bit of, I, I would have a closer look, but if yeah. it's just a search functionality, you know, to me, I wouldn't be interested, in, particularly uh, so small. Um, yeah, and they, and they, 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 you know, they, negative EPS every year, um, uh, you know, negative ca- operating cash flow every year, which David mentioned, they've got to raise money. Um, okay. Too hard. And right. they've been around 10 years. They opened up at, a, could you believe, back in 2010, at $1.25, oh. and now they're trading just yeah. below 10 cents. Yeah. Okay. But uh, if so they are, if, if they do have part of their technology focused on the royalties, yep. be interesting to see what that, you know, the revenue model and the business model on that is, because um, there's a lot of money in music. Well, I hope that has helped you. Um, it brings us to the last uh, stock of the day. And gents, I am going to have to ask for a reasonably short answer here. Apologies for that. Buddy sure. Technologies, Alexander has asked uh, about this one. Uh, David, I'll go with you. B-U-D is the code. Yeah, look, it's a 
a no to me. There's, again, another company that's made no money here. Um, you know, they're a technology, obviously a technology business. Um, just having a look at, um, they uh, something I just had here. But yeah, look, the trend is down. I mean, they... they Pretty illiquid too, by the looks Yeah, it is. 2018, stock was like up to 40 cents, and here we are at, what, four and a half cents or something. Mm. Um, yeah, look, not for my money, it's just the trend. There was there was some big buying back in, looks like, um, August, September, for some reason. I have to go back and have a look at that. There was some interest. But uh, look, they're, they're involved in the provision of solutions for customers any size to make their spaces smarter mm -hmm. and their occupants efficient, environmentally aware and informed. So they've got two core businesses, a commercial business, consumer business, and um, empowering customers to leverage digital technologies to, to use in premises okay. and consumer bits, so lighting, I think, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but not Energy profitable. savings and uh, yes. de yeah, designing yeah. a more efficient workplace and all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I, to be honest, don't get it. Um, um, I'm sure that that's part of the, I assume it would be part of the architect's mm. um, roles when they're designing these things. But, you know, the, the, the obviously consultants make their money out of this. It appears to me that the main driver of that share price spike the, yeah, back in August, September, I think it was on that chart, um, was some announcements of sales of this LIFX, which is a smart lighting solutions. But, I, again, I don't know how much of that drives it. It's negative. Ca it's losing money, negative cash flows, um, and it hasn't appeared to have any improvement over the last four years. Okay. All four years, you know, negative cash flow, negative um, EPS, um, yep. and no dividends. Okay. So, and it's very small. I, I think it's very small. So, highly speculative. Yeah. Yep. Alexander, we couldn't get that one over the line. Uh, maybe wait to see those fundamentals improve uh, before you, you take a little bit of an, uh, a nibble there. Uh, let's have a very, very quick recap of the viewer picks for the second half of the show. We started off with Dust Group. That was a double no from both gentlemen. Two thumbs down there. Uh, just too early stage. Raised a bunch of money recently. We wish them well, but uh, the, the gents want to see some more water under the bridge. Centre Group uh, was just a bit boring. A tough environment. Structural change. Maybe, David said, if a 6% yield is good enough for you, but don't expect much else on top of that. Uh, Intelligent Investor Equity Growth Fund. Uh, very early days. They only just listed... Uh, as the guys may mention, these guys have got a very much of a growth focus, a big weighting in IT. Uh, familiarize yourself with uh, the fund manager there because that is, of course, very important with that. But, but we do like Gorov. Gorov is a, is a friend of the show. So that's, that is a plus. Um, uh, Jaxter Group, um, $24 million valuation. Very, very small. It's a small cap, micro cap, maybe almost a nano cap kind of stock. Cash burn is uh, something to be a, a worry of. Maybe if they've got some some play in terms of royalties, according to Francesco, but you need to you need to do your homework on that one. And finally, uh, Buddy Technologies again, just too small. As David said, the trend is not your friend in this one. That is our show for today. Remember, if you've got any stocks that you'd like us to cover, uh, flick us an email, and uh, the address there is on your screen. The call at osbiz.com.au, and you can also tweet us as well. The Twitter handle is osbiztv. Uh, and reminder too to if Check out that portfolio. As we said before, it's gone incredibly well. Just head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio and you'll find out uh, all of the detail. Well, that's it for the call today. There's a lot more happening on Osbiz this afternoon and we'll be back right after this short break.